Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Hello, 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 friends. My, have I missed you. Welcome to a new decade, to a new year. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I cannot believe we are here in 2020. I cannot believe that this podcast is now going into its third year. We continue to rock it and roll it over here. And I am just so excited for this year, for all of the new stuff that we are about to dive into, and for really how far we have come so far. Now, if you listen to this podcast pretty regularly, then you know my style, you know what I love to dive into, but what I'm really excited about is how we're bringing in some new stuff this year. Now, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. It is great to have you here. I cannot wait for you to really use this podcast to change your business, change your life, and really get the results that you are looking for, for all of the dreams that you want to accomplish. Now, I do have to be honest about something. I am currently sitting in a beach house in Florida, and I'm actually recording this from my iPhone. I brought my microphone down here and thought I was being all, you know, tech savvy and fancy, but didn't realize that when I got a new MacBook Air at Christmas, which was my gift to myself, the charger is a new updated thingamabob. And so the regular USB that my mic typically plugs into no longer exists on these new laptops. If you have a new laptop, you know what I'm talking about. I think it's called like a USB-C or something. I don't know. But anywho, I'm just trying to figure it out along the way. I had to get these episodes done. The mic wouldn't work. So here we are on the phone. So it may not be the clearest or best sounding episode that you've ever heard from me. I also have a little bit of a cold, so I sound a little nasally. But it's not about all the fancy stuff and getting it perfect. It's just about showing up and sharing this fantastic episode with you guys today, which is all about the 2019 year in review. Now, I've never done one of these before, so I'm really excited just to get raw and honest with you guys about what really worked for my business this last year, what really did not work for my business this last year, what changed in my personal life, all of the revenue information I'm going to be sharing, and most importantly, what are my goals for 2020? as a business leader, as a wife, as a mom, as someone who is just growing myself every freaking day. I think it's important to lay those goals out, but then to also kind of put them out there and share it because at least for me, it makes me accountable and it makes me take ownership over those, right? And I know that you guys hopefully will call me out on my ish If I'm not achieving these goals, you can be like, hey, Jules, what's happening? Like you said, you wanted to do this and you're not doing it. What's going on? I need you guys to check in with me and hold me accountable for that. So this is really getting raw and real with you guys. I'm sharing a lot that I never really have, which is kind of scary, but more importantly, really fun. And it's about kind of being brave and afraid at the same time, right? Like our awesome Brene Brown loves to say. So we're just going to dive right in. Um, Successes and challenges in 2019. Let's do it. So the first thing I want to talk about is what is called Evergreen. So I have a program called Pitch It Perfect. I know that a lot of you have taken it and seen amazing results, which is fantastic. I think that program is freaking bomb, not because I created it, but because you can literally get through it in three hours and go and make money. And who doesn't want that? So what is great about Pitch It Perfect is that it's set up as an evergreen program. And what that means essentially is that it never ends, right? It's evergreen. You can enroll in it at any time. You can watch the webinar at any time. If any of you have seen my crazy mug on any Facebook ads, you know what I'm talking about, right? There's an Instagram story or an Instagram post or a Facebook post of me being like, hey, sign up for this webinar. It's free. You click on it. You get a ton of free content on the webinar. And then you get an opportunity to buy the program. What is great about an evergreen model is that it literally is on all the time. Therefore, I can literally make money while I sleep. Now, of course, this is not some overnight success kind of story. It took me years to build this program. It took me years to update and really get the program to a place where I felt 
confident enough to kick it off on an evergreen format. I did a lot of live launching. I did a lot of open and closing the cart. I did years of that kind of thing to where I could get it to this evergreen model. We kicked off the evergreen model in 2018, and this year saw a lot of success with that. So I would encourage anyone that if you have a program out there and maybe you've had it for a while, you've been launching it yourself, you've seen some success, you've gotten feedback, you've gotten testimonials, you've done all of that good stuff. If you're flirting with the idea of kicking it off on Evergreen and using Facebook ads as a way to generate the traffic, I would say go for it. Now, it took me about a full year to really dive into this because I was so freaking terrified to invest in Facebook ads. What if they didn't work? What if I wasted money? All of that kind of stuff started going into my brain that it literally took me a year. I actually remember talking to my Facebook ads manager, Andrew Hubbard, in I think it was December of 2016, and then did not actually hire him until November of 2017. And I look back on that now, and of course, I don't have any regrets. I do believe that everything happens for a reason, and that's how you live and learn. But I kind of want to kick myself of being like, Julie, what the heck were you waiting for? The amount of lives that you could have helped, the amount of businesses that you could have changed in that time, and the amount of revenue that you could have generated to then go and do more stuff didn't happen because you were so afraid to invest in Facebook ads. So with that said, that is the model that I use. I use and with my evergreen. I use Facebook ads to generate the traffic, to get people to the webinar. And then if they like my teaching style, if they like what I have to say, if they are ready to invest in their future, then they can invest in the course if they want to or not. We have a lot of people that watch the webinar. They see great success from that and they go about their lives. To me, it's not about if you become a paid customer or if you just stay a free fan for the rest of your life. I really don't care either way. I just want you to learn this stuff so you can see the success in your life and your business that you want to see. And having an evergreen format allows me to do that because it allows me to literally reach the masses when I'm doing nothing. It's a complete automated process. So for anyone out there who may be nervous to kick off an evergreen process, for anyone who may be nervous to invest in Facebook ads of any capacity, maybe 2020 is your year. I would encourage you to just stay curious about that. And I wanted you to hear the success of this evergreen. Now, I'm going to get into some revenue numbers in a little bit, but we saw massive success in this evergreen this year. So on to the next with the challenges. One of the things that we started noticing that my Facebook ads guy likes to call is ad fatigue. As the end of the year started approaching, he was like, you know, we're having a harder time generating leads and we think it's because of the ads. And what he explained that to me was kind of like this. It's basically people get tired of seeing the same ad over and over. So then you have to kind of test things out. You've got to maybe try different design formats, different photos. What's the copy that you're using in the ads? All of that sort of thing. It's a constant testing of different things. It's not that you're ever going to find some secret pills, figure it all out, and you just kick it off and never have to touch it again. It is constantly every month checking in, tweaking, fine-tuning, and working with that. So those are some of the challenges that we have. And I think, honestly, anyone that uses Facebook ads across the board is going to reach those challenges at times, but it's just kind of the nature of the beast. So with that said, I don't want anyone to get discouraged if you try Facebook ads and then it doesn't work off the bat or maybe it works for 90 days and then you start to see ad fatigue. I think that that's very normal and I think that we all face that. Now on to another launch that we did this year which was terrible. Okay, and this was my fault. I have to take ownership here because I did not use Facebook ads for this launch. Now, hear me out. In the past, I spent probably the first three years growing my business, again, without using Facebook ads. I did not start using Facebook ads until probably about April of 2018. So just almost, you know, under two years at this point. And I did see success at the time. I was able to be the little engine that could, that grow my business little by little. I'm always the turtle, and I welcome that. But we did a launch last year for my program called the Influencer Academy, and we used Facebook ads. It was a new program. I knew that I needed to reach the audience and really give them time and to remind them. And again, the great thing about Facebook ads is that, as we all know, 
You kind of have to beat people over the head with something over and over again for them to really take it in just because of the amount of stuff that we consume as human beings on social media every day, right? So last year, we saw some great success with the Influencer Academy. I think we spent about $30,000 in Facebook ads, which was insane to me at the time because I had never invested that kind of money in ads. But then we generated over $250,000 in revenue. So hey, win-win, right? So this year, I had the terrible idea of being like, hey, let's not use ads this year. Let's just sell to our list. Let's just go back to people that last year... Maybe they were interested in it, but for whatever reason, they didn't buy. Let's just, you know, try this. And it was dismal, guys. I mean, it was so bad. And I started thinking like, oh my gosh, am I a business that can't be a business without Facebook ads? Am I strapped to Facebook ads? Can I not live without Facebook ads? I started freaking out. But what I found out was this. It wasn't necessarily needing to use Facebook ads in order to run the business. It was really about, and to make a sale, should I say, with this launch, but it was really about using the Facebook ads to be front of mind to the ideal audience. And I totally missed the mark on that. I didn't even think of it in that way. Again, going back to what I just said, with the amount of content that we all consume every day through social media, through television, through, I don't know, driving down the street and seeing billboard billboard ads, whatever that is, We are constantly being inundated with so many options. So if you really want to be seen, and we all know with the algorithm lately, right? It's like organic reach has plummeted. No one can even see that cute Facebook photo that you posted of your new dog without paying for it. And that is just the nature of the beast that I feel for my own trial and error that we're just diving into in 2020. If you want to get noticed on social media, if you want to try to sell a product or a service or just get awareness out on social media in 2020, you have to pony up and you have to pay. And that was a huge lesson that I learned this year. It's not that the audience wasn't interested in it. We just weren't front of mind. It was like here today, gone tomorrow. They had forgotten about it because they weren't really seeing it in front of them all the time. So that was a huge lesson for me. I think that if we would have used Facebook ads like we did last year, we would have had a much better launch. And it was really dismal, guys. I mean, again, last year in 2018, we generated over $250,000 in revenue. This year, we didn't even generate $15,000 in revenue. That was a massive hit, a massive learning lesson. And something that, again, I have no regrets. Honestly, I guess I needed to learn that lesson. But just something to to remind myself that it's okay to invest in your products and your services. It's okay to spend money on ads. It's okay to really inundate somebody with your content because, again, at the end of the day, if it is your ideal audience that you are targeting, and if it, if it is your ideal customer, if you know in your heart and hearts, in your heart of hearts, that what you are servicing, what you are creating is the absolute flipping best that it can be, and it can really help that person, they are not going to be annoyed that you're sending them ads. They're not going to be annoyed that you're sending them emails. They're going to be thankful because they've raised their hand and said, hey, Jules, I need you to help me. I need you to help me get from A A to B to to C to D. So how do I do that? I can't just sit back and think that, you know, all of my customers are going to fall from the sky and just find my products and services. It's not their job to find me. It is my job to go out and to capture them and to be that solution provider for them. And Facebook ads is a great way to get in front of them. So just wanted to kind of share that. Now, another thing that we did this year, or I guess I should say I did, I always say we because I have a small but mighty team that I really love and I really lean on, and I feel like it's a we effort. So I say we a lot. But I got to speak on some pretty awesome stages. In January of 2019, I got to speak at a company called It Works, a national conference in Tampa, Florida. I got to meet some incredible women and speak on a tremendously massive stage, guys. There was 11,000 people in this massive auditorium of sorts. Um, I think it's where the Tampa Bay hockey team plays, whoever they are. I'm not very good with sports, but it was a massive venue. I mean, 11,000 people is a lot of flipping people, and it was amazing. It was high energy. It was an incredible company to partner with, And I really loved it. It really gave me 
such a beautiful taste of what it meant to get in front of other human beings and hear their challenges, hear their dreams, hear their struggles, hear about their life, hear about their families, and really be able to have that human connection. Um, as we know, social media is great. I'm a huge proponent of social media. Um, I think a lot of us that are listening today either build our business or are trying to build our business on social media. But I can't stress it enough. There is nothing that will compare to getting in front of your ideal audience, of your ideal customer, of that one person whose life that you know you can change and just say, hey, I see you. I want to know about you. I'm curious about you. Tell me more. It will literally not only change their life, but it'll change your life. It will keep you in the game. It will keep you wanting to show up and to service them. So being able to do that was incredible. I had an awesome time. It really also gave me, I think, that that confidence that I needed to believe in myself more to speak on stages. Um, I never went to school to learn how to speak in front of 11,000 people. I never took any kind of public speaking classes. I mean, I do sit here and talk to a microphone a lot on a podcast, but that's not the same as talking in a freaking auditorium, you know, with 11,000 people. So I think like the week before Bruno Mars performed there, it's a big place. And I was kind of scared. I was like, who am I to be here to talk to these women? Who am I to be doing all of this. I don't have any credibility as a speaker. I don't have any education as a speaker. I don't have any knowledge as a speaker. But I did because the this company reached out and said, hey, we want you. We think that what you have is exactly what this audience needs. I just needed to believe that in myself. And just showing up and doing it, even though I was terrified, is exactly what I needed to feel confident both emotionally and mentally to be able to do more of that. And I think that that's kind of where the universe starts to that snowball effect, right? That like, if you, if there's something that you want to do, you gotta kind of have to do it to get the confidence to kind of open it up to say, okay, I can do this and this is what I want to do. And then you start to receive more and more of it. So it was literally when I was there in Tampa for this conference, I get a call from my friend, Brandon Bouchard, that was like, hey, do you want to come to San Diego next month and speak on my influencer panel at Traffic and Conversion, which is another big conference? So I feel like that kind of was connected in some way. I really don't know if that call would have happened if I wouldn't have had the confidence to say yes to that opportunity in Tampa and to go and just to do it. It might have not been perfect. I might have not been the greatest speaker to ever exist, but it wasn't about that. It was about showing up, being myself, and just doing the best that I could do on that day. And that is enough, right? And going easy on myself in that and really believing that that is enough in that moment. And I don't know, maybe Brendan saw my Instagram stories and was like, hey, we should have Julie speak at ours. I don't know, but I do feel that they were connected. So. With that said, I got to also speak at Traffic and Conversion, which happens in San Diego every year. It is a massive conference with a lot of industry elites and a lot of people that I look up to, that I inspire to be, a lot of peers, and then just a lot of people that I really respect. I got to speak with Brendan. I also got to meet Trent Shelton for the first time, who is awesome. Rachel and Dave Hollis were there. They also spoke. It was just a really great environment and community of people to be around, and I loved that. All right, on to the next. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on so you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff, and it's called This is Small Business. 
This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. Hiring team members and contractors. Wow. Was this a big year and a big lesson for all of that. So in January of last year of 2019, I hired my first full-time employee, which was So again, terrifying. I really feel like 2019 was the year of terrifying, (laughs) but I did it. And I don't think I would have had the courage to do it without the support and help of a lot of my friends and my peers in my industry who said, Julie, this really is the next step for you. I know that it's scary because it's a big investment, but this is the next step. So I did. I hired my first full-time employee, Tanya, who is my COO. And it's been amazing. Now, Tanya comes from the world of PR. She is an incredible publicist and has been for over 10 years. She is great at managing people. She is great at managing a team, uh, an office, all of that kind of stuff. She is an integrator to the bone. But she did not know a lot about the online world of online education, online marketing, all of that stuff. So this was a really big learning year for her to really understand kind of how my business runs as being this online educator of sorts. And she really stepped up to the plate and got her feet wet and really kind of knuckled in and got down to the nitty gritty and did amazing. And I'm really, I want to say proud of myself for taking that leap because I had no idea if that was the right decision or not. Not that Tanya wasn't the right decision, but was I really ready to hire a full-time employee? Was I really ready to take that leap? Was I really ready to legitimize my company in that way? Was I really ready to be responsible for someone's salary? I mean, to me, that was just so terrifying. And it made me really respect a lot of the men and women out there who do own small businesses and do have you know, 20 employee mouths to feed and their families and all of that. And I tried to stay in gratitude with it without getting overwhelmed. But again, how I did it, I just did it. I took the leap of faith. I figured it out. I talked to my accountant. I talked to my bookkeeper. I made sure that I was financially okay to do it, which we were. And then I just took the leap of faith because I knew that if I got in my head, if I knew that I started talking about all the things that could go wrong or what if this or what if that or what if we don't sell anything, what if I can't afford a salary, I would have never done it. And I don't know if we would have had the success and and the growth this year if I wouldn't have done it. And it's not just growth in, oh, we've grown revenue and we've grown this and we've grown that. We've had a lot of challenges this year, but it's been growing pains. And I felt like that was so needed. And I don't know if that would have happened if I would have just kept doing the same thing that I was doing. I think it was time to make a change, to put my big girl pants on. And if I was really ready to show up and really ready to be the absolute best version of a business leader that I could be in 2019, that was the next step for me. So for anyone out there who maybe you are a stay-at-home mom, that you have a side hustle, maybe you're trying, maybe you still work full-time and you're trying to do your thing on the side, maybe you're just looking for some kind of part-time assistant that could just kind of take the load off for you, but you've been playing it in your brain over and over again, maybe for months, maybe for a year now, take the leap of faith. If you know that financially you're okay to do it, and the only thing that is stopping you is your own fear of not being able to predict the outcome, do it. Give yourself that, not just luxury, but give yourself that peace, that peace of mind that you can make good decisions, that you know what's best for you, that you know what's best for your company. Because at the end of the day, that is the God on its truth. And that is the biggest thing that I have learned that you have to remember to lean on yourself. You have to remember to lean on what you know is best. You are smart. You have instincts, you have drive, you have experience, you have a history that nobody else has on this planet. And at the end of the day, you are going to know, if you get really quiet and honest with yourself, you are going to know what is best for you 
more than anyone else. And I think that that is a huge lesson that I was reminded of in 2019. And one of the ways in which I was reminded of that was hiring. Now, one of the things that I didn't do so well, and it took me about 11 months to kind of really dive into this and figure it out, is that when I hired a full-time employee, obviously she's going to be taking on a lot of the responsibilities that I had kind of contractors and part-time people taking on before, right? But what I didn't think about at the time was the cost of those contractors. So yes, we did get we did let some people go because Tanya was essentially taking over their responsibilities. But then we had other contractors who are so talented and so incredible at what they do, but we had originally hired them on to help us with launch specific things. And what I mean by that is that when we're launching a program or we're launching a product or we're launching something new and big, typically when you have contractors come in and you're going to need kind of more high level expert strategy there, and you're going to need more hours, that can typically cost more. What I didn't take into consideration was that once the launch ended and we still had these people on to kind of do really redundant things, I was still being charged that high-end launch price, which again, these were very talented, expert people who deserve what their rate is. I just didn't take into consideration what I really needed and what my business really needed at the time. And there were a lot of things that were really kind of just redundant, admin-y, entry-level stuff that someone else on the team could have been doing, that Tanya could have even taken on, that I didn't stop to consider because we kind of just kept everything going as it was and ended up, in my opinion, kind of overspending on certain things that really didn't need to be under the responsibility of that person. So what I kind of learned the hard way in some ways is that if you have tasks that are super redundant, if you have tasks that don't really require some high-level expert strategy, it may just require someone just really coming in and being a helping hand. And to me, if you're just needing someone to be a helping hand, to literally just kind of take stuff off your plate that doesn't really take a lot of brain power, that doesn't really take a lot of time, that may only cost you, I don't know, anywhere from $15 to $20 an hour. But if you have an expert in there doing that, it may cost you $40 to $80 an hour. So you just want to keep that in mind is, does this hourly cost directly correlate to the level of expertise, the level of hours, and the level of strategy that's needed for this task? Do I really need to pay someone $45 an hour to duplicate a graphic or to create a PDF? Or could I go to Upwork.com and find someone to do the exact same thing for $15 an hour? So that is just an example, and that is something that I just didn't think about until the end of the year. And at the end of the day, again, it's about giving yourself some grace. It's all a learning process, right? You don't know what you don't know. And it's not, again, to take away from anyone's expertise or experience level, but you as the business leader, again, you're going to know what is best for you, what is best for your business. And sometimes just taking a step back and really looking at tasks and really looking at what is needed to generate your business to keep things going is so vitally important to the financial stability of your business. Now, one of the ways in which I was able to kind of do this was that I started getting everyone on my team. And again, we don't have a huge team. We have Tanya, who is my one and only full-time employee besides myself. Then we have Ellen, who does customer service, community service, all of the inner workings of that. She is the gatekeeper of our inbox. And then we have contractors who kind of do any random stuff that we need help with, whether that's design, whether that's email marketing, whether that's podcast editing, you name it. So what I started doing is that I started making every person that worked for me in any capacity toggle their hours. So that is T-O-G-G-L. If you've never heard of toggle, Google it when you get off this podcast episode. It is a free time tracking software. And what it helps with is really helping anyone that uses it figure out their productivity. Where are they spending their hours and what are they working on when they spend those hours? I use Toggle, Tanya uses Toggle, Ellen uses Toggle, all of our contractors use Toggle. It is like a mandatory thing now in the business because A, it's not only to kind of really see 
what are they spending their hours on and how much is this costing the business? But most importantly, where are you time sucking? Where are all the hours going? If you have someone who is an incredible strategist, who is a high expert, who could do so much for your business, but they're spending, you know, 20 hours a week in your inbox, that may not be the best use of time. Or maybe even you, maybe you're wanting to create something amazing and fabulous, but you're too busy doing client calls all day that you never get to actually what you're wanting to get to. Toggle is incredible at helping you figure out where am I spending my time and is this the best use of my time and how much is this costing me? So T-O-G-G-L, guys, it is going to change your life in 2020. Now, going on to some other hard-learned lessons, let's get into masterminding. So at the beginning of last year, I had decided to launch a mastermind, and I had done some stuff the year before, had gotten some coaching, had gotten some mentorship, and this was kind of the direction that we had decided that we were going to take in the business, that we were ready to go there, that it was time. But it just kind of felt heavy to me. I couldn't quite explain it. I didn't really know why, but there was something about this mastermind that just didn't feel right. But I kept kind of forcing it and I kept going forward with it. I was like, you know what? I'll just mine through it. I'll grind through it. I knew that I could lead a group of women. It's not that I was worried about that. It's not that I was worried about coaching them or any of that. My passion just wasn't there. And I kept thinking like, Julie, something must be wrong with you. Like, why aren't you passionate about this? This is the next level. This is the next step. You love serving women. You love supporting them. This is a great way to do it. And I kept trying to kind of like fake it till I made it kind of thing. And it just felt awful. So we went through the whole launch. We had a lot of people sign up and it was about February of last year. I called Tanya up and I just said, Tanya, I don't know why or what or when or how, but this just just does not feel right. And if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And I just don't want to do this. And Tanya was like, Julie, are you sure? Because this is going to be a lot of money that we have to refund people. This is, this is going to be a chunk of the business revenue of, of the goals that we had for 2019. And I said, I know, but I'm for whatever reason, and maybe I need to do a little soul searching on it. My skin is not in the game. And that's more of a disservice to myself and to these women than anything else. So we ended up refunding what would have been over $250,000 for the business by not doing that mastermind. And guys, you know, I run a lean and moon business. We have seen amazing success. I'm really proud of the work that we do, but we are not a business that yet to this point is making $10 million a year. We're not a business that just blows out the money yet. We're working on it. But again, I'm the little turtle in the race of this online business world. I always have been. And that was a lot of money to take off of the table. That's a lot of money, right? Like, can we all agree with that? Like $250,000 is a lot of money. Um, And I just knew in my heart that that was the right thing to do. And I just prayed about it. And I knew that at the end of the day, it's just not always about money. if not now, and if not this, then I knew that something better was coming, and I knew that God would have my back, and I knew that I would be okay. I didn't know how. I didn't know what. I was so scared. I was like, okay, this is like part of Tanya's salary that doesn't exist anymore. And it was all those fears, right? But I had to listen to my heart. I said, just, it's, this is not it right now. And I know that if I just don't force this, And if I just give it over, then it will be revealed to me when it's time. So we refunded about $250,000 and I kept moving on. Now, from that, from that space and that time and that lesson and that beautiful opportunity to really listen to myself, I was able to discover where we had kind of gone wrong, where at least I felt that I had gone wrong. And it was the formatting. It was the way in which I was setting up that mastermind. It did not feel right. It felt in some ways kind of small. Like I'm not going to be able to impact the amount of women that I want to impact because it was a high level mastermind. It cost a lot of money to get into. And we were only allowing about 10 people in it. 
And there's a time and place for those intimate moments. I've been in masterminds like that and they are life-changing, but for, for my idea and for my vision of, you know, me coaching, right? Like this was, this was going to be my chance to finally show up and to finally coach people, right? This is going to be me one-on-one coaching women, really hand-holding them, really helping them, holding space for them. Coaching is something that so many of you have been asking me to do for years now, but it just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right. And at the time, I also didn't realize that me and my family were going to be moving across the country later that year. My family and I, which I'll talk about in a little while, moved back to my hometown of Nashville, Tennessee in June. Now, mind you, this was February. We did not know that we were moving yet. But again, I just feel like that was God's way of winking at me and of knowing what was better for me and for everyone involved than I did. And for really like, give me some Carrie Underwood, Jesus take the wheel, right? Like (laughs) Jesus took the wheel and he made it happen. So with that said, it gave me the time and space to put my family first, to get us moved across the country, to get our ducks in a row. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But most importantly, it allowed me to really dig down deep, to do the soul searching, to talk to a lot of you about what is it that you need? What is it that you want? You probably hear my kid singing in the background right now. What, like, how can I really service you in the way that is going to change your life? Because when I show up to coach a people, I'm not here just to be cute. I'm not here just to be fun. I'm not here just to be like, oh, be yourself. And then your dreams will happen. No, 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 no. I'm here to really flip and change your life. And how can I do that in a way that is manageable, that is realistic, and that really gets you the results that you're looking for? So really refunding everyone from that mastermind saying, no, I'm not going to do it. It's terrifying, but I'm not doing it. Gave me a full year to figure out how I could do this in a way that really felt right. And that was Shine. Now, I'm going to be sharing more about Shine throughout this month, and we're actually opening the doors for it here in February. But Shine is my brand new one-on-one coaching membership. It is designed to give you the tactics and strategies, and most importantly, the support that you need to get out of the learning, into the doing, and really changing your business and your life for the better. And my most favorite part is that it gives me the opportunity to one-on-one coach every single person in a way that is manageable, in a way that really supports them, and in a way that holds everyone in the community accountable. So it is all about lifting each other up, getting each other to the next level, and having me be able to really be there, which I'm really, really excited about. Now, if you want to hear more about Shine, you can go to juliesolomon.net slash Shine waitlist. You can sign up for the waitlist, and then there's a document there that you can download that gives you all of the details of everything that you're going to get in Shine. But I'm really excited about it. I feel so confident in it. It is such a hell yes this time around, and I cannot wait to share it more about Shine with everyone here in the next couple of weeks. But again, you can go to juliesolomon.net slash Shine waitlist now to get all of the nitty gritty. And I would say definitely sign up for that wait list because if you do, you're going to be offered a founding members kind of early bird price that we're not offering anyone else. It's going to save you about $1,200 a year if you go that route. And if you're anything like me, which I think you are, you love yourself a good savings. Can I get an amen on that? All right. Now here we are on to some other wins and challenges. Podcast. Okay, guys. So We started this podcast in April of 2017. In 2019, we recorded over 67 podcasts and had over 3 million downloads, which was incredible. That almost doubled from the year prior. And I really loved what we brought to the table this year. We had a lot of, or should I say last year, we had a lot of great guests on. We were able to share more one-on-one time. I was able to bring some of you on the podcast to answer your questions. It was really great. But some of the challenges that we have with the podcast this year is ads. So in 2019, we decided to test out doing podcast ads. We joined a podcast agency. We started running ads. And guys, I have to be honest, I hated it. I actually hated it so much that I'm not doing podcast ads on the podcast anymore starting in 2020. Not only did it not 
directly relate to the amount of time that it took us to do the ads in terms of revenue, which again, thank you, Toggle. Because of Toggle, I was able to figure out why are we spending so much time and energy on these ads when it's like our seventh revenue stream? This does not make sense. So at least for us and for our business, the amount of money that the ads were bringing in did not correlate to A, the impact that it was bringing to our audience, and B, the amount of time it took me and the team to actually get everything going. So no more podcast ads. The only thing that I will be doing in 2020 is really sharing more and promoting more things that I really believe in my heart is going to help you, whether it's products that I have, whether it's products that my peers have. It's really about sharing things that I've either tried myself or that I have, or that I know have been tried and tested by other people and are really going to get you the results that you want. Because at the end of the day, guys, let's be honest, you don't want to talk about needing shoes or like going to LinkedIn to buy stuff. Like nobody has time for that. It is 2020. We are here to get results. We are here to make things happen. And just for me and my business and my audience, like we don't need those ads over here. So we're not doing them anymore. If you loved them and you're going to miss them, I'm sorry. I just got to do what feels in my heart is the right thing to do and really only share and promote the things that I think is really going to help you and help the community at large. So that was a huge learning lesson for me and my team. A lot of time spent there, hard lesson learned, but hey, we learned it and we don't have to learn it again. Now, another big step for me this year was peer support. So let me back up for a minute. Probably about five years ago, when I was still a publicist, still working in that proverbial cubulist, cubulist, windowless, I should say, windowless cubicle, and just feeling like I had no one that understood me, feeling that I had no one that really got what I was trying to do or where I was trying to go. Yes, I would see people online and, you know, feel like I could get mentorship from them, but I did not have that peer support that I was longing for. And I remember doing a lot of work on myself. I went to a life coach. I went to a therapist. And I remember literally calling in a community of like-minded women to just come into my circle, to come into my world, to just understand what I wanted and for me to also be able to support them. I just wanted someone in my life that could see me, that could understand me, that could say, yes, I get you. Yes, I see you. Yes, I understand it. So I'm happy to say that in 2019, this was probably five years in the making, I have that support system. And a big reason to that, a lot of the reason why this came about was because I showed up and I got out of being behind my laptop and behind my Instagram and met people and got in front of people and really invested in peermanship and invested in education and invested in those things that allowed me to meet those women. So a few years ago, I joined a mastermind. And in that mastermind, I met some incredible women. And three of those women were Jamie Jensen, Susie Moore, and Elizabeth Ryder. And from that mastermind, we four became very, very close. And Jamie and I lived in LA together for a few years. Susie lived in New York. She now lives in Miami. And Liz Ryder had moved to Seattle at the time. And so we kind of made a path a couple of years ago that at least once a year, we would get together. We would go on some fabulous girls trip and we would really just hold space. We would laugh, we would talk about relationships, personal stuff, and then obviously the business stuff is gonna, is gonna come up and we're just gonna show up and support each other. And really holding each other accountable and taking ownership to do this every year, to kind of like create our own mastermind of sorts, to invest in this has been one of the greatest gifts that I have given myself over the last couple of years. These women are beyond supportive. There is no judgment. There is no comparison. There is no competition. It is purely love. It is purely respect. It is purely friendship at its finest form. And I can say that these three women have become three of my closest friends, three of my closest confidants. This past year in 2019, we went to my, uh, Miami in November, and then we went to Cabo in February. And just to see the change in all of our lives from February to November was insane. Two of us had moved across the country. 
Um, we had, Liz had gotten a book deal. Susie had also gotten a book deal. We had faced a lot of really beautiful things. And then we had also faced a lot of loss. Jamie lost someone in her life that was very, very close to her. We had struggled through a lot of really hard stuff and to really be there for one another and to not only share our wins and congratulate at the successes, but just to be that shoulder to cry on for all of those struggles has just been huge. And so my biggest experience and strength and hope for any of you listening today that if you have ever felt like I did all those years ago, that you are alone, that no one understands what you're trying to do, that you have these dreams and you have this passion for something and you don't really have anyone physically in your life that really understands what you're trying to do, I would definitely say to seek those women out. Find them in Facebook groups, join a mastermind, do what you have to do, coaching, join a program and get in the Facebook groups and meet the people, do meetups, do what you have to do to find those women in your life. Because I promise you, if you give yourself that gift, it will be the best money and time and energy that you could ever spend. So that to me was one of the best things, the biggest gifts that I gave to myself in 2019. I love those women so much. They are so talented. They're so smart. They're incredible at what they do. If you've been in any of my programs, you've probably met them because they've come in for bonuses. They've all been on this podcast. They are truly gold and I'm so thankful for them. Now, another thing that I got to be a part of this year was a peer-based mastermind. So my other girlfriend, Amber Liliastrom, who I feel just as passionate about, she is my rock. We talk pretty much monthly. We will get on a call and just be there and support one another. She invited me to be a part of this mastermind with a group of stellar and incredible people such as Rick Mulready, who you've heard on this podcast, Stacey Tuchel, Jill Stanton, Amy Porterfield. Um, it's been incredible. Britt Lynn, Courtney Lewis, Ali Casaza. There's just some really amazing people in that mastermind. Brandon Lucero, the list goes on. So basically what we do is that we meet once a year and then we have a Facebook group. And in this Facebook group, we just go all at it. We ask all types of questions about business, what's working for you, what's not working for you, what softwares do you use, what platform, how do you hire, what what are you paying contractors? What are you not paying contractors? I just did X, Y, and Z, and it completely bombed. Why do you guys think it bombed? Poke holes in my strategy here. We also have calls once a month. It has been so incredible to have people who are way smarter than me, who know way more than I do, to poke holes in everything that I do because it allows me to get out of my own way, to see other perspectives that aren't my own, and to really take in other people's genius and wisdom and strategies and just to have me think a little bit differently. Now, actually, because of this, not only have I met some incredible people, but I have learned a lot. And one of those things that I got to learn this year was from an incredible guy named Colin Boyd. You've actually heard on the podcast. He is a genius when it comes to speaking on stages and then selling from a stage. And he actually helped me kind of formulate and figure out a really good, what is called back of the room offer when I do my in-person workshops and not only create the back of the room offer, but how to pitch it, service it and sell it in a way to the audience that is authentic and genuine and that will really convert. I would have never known how to do that had I not taken the opportunity and the invitation to be in this peer-based mastermind. So again, if you are someone listening and you're like, well, I haven't gotten an invite to be in a peer-based mastermind, Julie, my response to you would be, then create one yourself. Find a group of peers who inspire you, who you think that you could learn from and who could also learn a lot from you and say, hey, guys, do you want to start a Facebook group? Go in there. Do you want to do a call once a month? Do you want to just show up and support one another? I'm telling you guys, it's a lot easier than you may think it is. You cannot sit around and just wait for these people to fall down from the sky. You have to go and reach out. Be the leader that you want to be. Be the leader that you aspire to be. Lead that. It will change your life, I promise. Okay, guys, so we are nearing the end. We are getting to the revenue stuff, but quickly, I just want to talk about a couple more things. 
some personal goals and challenges that I had in 2019. As I mentioned before, my family and I made a really kind of last minute decision, even though we had been talking about it for a couple of years, to move to Nashville, Tennessee. So I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. Other than spending a quick jaunt in New York City, it is the only place that I have ever lived. Um, And about seven years ago, when I met my husband, I moved to Los Angeles, California. And Los Angeles was incredible for me. I learned a lot. I started my business there. I grew my business there. I really do feel like Southern California is kind of the mecca for the online world. So many incredible people live there and start businesses there, and there's so much support and good energy there. But we just kind of started feeling this calling for something different. Now, my husband, Jonathan, is an actor. Some of you may know that. He's been in L.A. since 1991. He's originally from Baltimore, Maryland, but he's lived in L.A. longer than he lived in Baltimore. But we have a little nugget named Camden who was starting kindergarten, and we were really kind of toying with, are we going to really set roots here and raise him here? We have no family here. We don't really have support outside of our part-time nanny. What are we really doing? And we kind of started just, again, giving it over to God because I didn't know the right answer. I didn't know what was best for our family. And we started putting feelers out. We actually put an offer in on a house the year before in October, didn't get it. So I was like, well, I guess it's not meant to be. I guess we're meant to be in LA. And then another opportunity came along to kind of renovate this massive fixer upper that had not been touched since pretty much the 1970s. And we put an offer in and we got it. And we were shocked that we got it. I mean, we had already started the enrollment process in the kindergarten in LA. And it was like, okay, I guess we're moving to Nashville because we got this house. So it kind of felt like a last minute decision, but it also felt like the right decision. So we purchased the home in February of last year, but did not move until June and started this renovation process, which Honestly, I had never done in my entire life. I had no idea what I was getting into. It cost a lot more and took way longer than anyone anticipated, which I know that's what everyone tells you to plan for. But still, you don't really kind of know those things until you're in it. For anyone who does that for a living that's listening to this, or if you are someone who loves to renovate homes, or you are someone that has done it time and time again, I applaud you. I mean, wow, that was a rude awakening to being an adult. But it was fun. It still has its moments. It's still ongoing. But yes, we are officially in Nashville, Tennessee. We moved there in June of last year. And so far, we're really loving it. It's really felt right. Camden is thriving there. Our family is there. My whole family is there. We're a lot closer to John's family. And it's just nice to have a little bit of the ease. And then I get to fly back to LA and see my people and do my stuff. And it's great. So I think that that was just a good reminder, again, that I'm always not going to have the right answers or know when or why or what, and that's okay. And to me, I really feel like that sums up my entire 2019 year of this idea that is like, okay, God, I want this. And if you want it for me, if I'm supposed to have it, then great, let's do it. But if not, then please remove it and get it out of the way so I can start focusing on other things. I felt like 2019 as a whole had a lot of gifts to it. But it was a lot about learning lessons, or at least for me. And at times it felt like a struggle. It was kind of like I felt like I had this huge boulder that I was just carrying up this massive mountain. And I'm like, when is this going to get easier? Not that there was a lot of resistance on my part, but it just felt like there was a lot of resistance. And I think the biggest feedback, again, that I can share is just learning lessons. That was the biggest that was the biggest thing for me in 2019. I would love to know what the biggest thing for you was. I mean, I've seen on social media and I've talked to friends who also say they're like 2019, what the actual crack was that, right? Like, I feel like a lot of people had a lot of struggles in 2019. And I would love to know what you felt about 2019. So if you're listening to this episode, just screenshot it, tag me on Instagram at Jill Solomon. And let me know what 2019 summed up for you. If there's a word or a phrase or a sentence or a paragraph that could describe that for you, let me know what that is. And I'll share it on my stories as well. So some other things, as I mentioned, Camden started kindergarten, which was pretty amazing. He's already learning how to read. He's picking up stuff so amazingly. It's just been great to see him 
get into stuff and really kind of own it. Be at school all day. That was a little bit of adjustment, but it's been going great. Now, something that personally I didn't do too good of a job with in 2019 was wellness and exercise. Um, Towards the end of the year, I started doing Pilates pretty consistently, which I think is important. But it just wasn't the year of like eating really good and exercising consistently for me. Again, it was something that I just had to give myself some grace on because in previous years, that's always been a big focus for me of like, I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to, you know, eat good because I am someone who loves the sugar. I love the donuts. I love the nachos. I love to eat. I'm a Southern girl who likes to eat some food. And um, I try to really be front of mind, but that was just something that wasn't for me. And you know what? That's okay. You know, we've got a new year. It's a new day. I can make conscious decisions as I move forward. But looking back on it, that was something that I could have probably done better. And I'm given the gift of life each and every day to do better as I move forward. So quickly wrapping this up with some goals before we get to the revenue numbers. Um, Goals for 2020 is the coaching. As I mentioned earlier, we are launching Shine next month in February, and I finally get to do one-on-one coaching in a way that feels aligned, that feels supportive, and it's really going to get you out of the learning and into the doing. If you are someone who has ever wanted to be coached by me, this is the time to do it. I'm so excited. Go to juliesolomon.net slash shine waitlist to learn more. And with the podcast, I'm going to be bringing more of me into this this year, guys. I feel like it's really time for me to let my guard down a little bit. I kind of feel like I can be a vault at times with my personal life. And I think it's just because I've always felt like who really cares about me? You know, it's like, yeah, you care about the strategy and you care about, you know, what I can teach you, but who really cares about my life? You know, it's kind of boring. We don't really do much, but, um, I was told this year that I'm full of crap if I think that and I need to show up and I'm probably, if I'm being honest, just saying that to myself so I can keep myself small and not really show up and not really be vulnerable. So I'm going to be doing more of that and I'll be sharing, sharing more of my life. I'm going to be becoming more open. There's a lot coming up this month that I'm going to be sharing with you guys. I do not want you to miss, so stay tuned. We're also going to be getting rid of ads, which I chatted about. And I'm going to be doing a Influencer Insights episode next week on kind of more details about that. So if you're if someone who has a podcast, you're thinking about launching a podcast, and you want to learn more about the nitty-gritty with ads, you know, how did I partner with an ad company? What was that like? What was the revenue share? All of that good stuff. Make sure to check out that episode next week. And the other thing that we're going to be doing is just getting more of you involved in the podcast. I'm going to be interviewing more of you. I'm going to be coaching more of you on the podcast. I'm going to be specifically answering your questions and just really getting your feedback to make sure that we're showing up and serving you on this podcast, because that's really what it's all about. I have another big, big pie in the sky goal this year to double our revenue. And one of the big reasons I want to do that is to be able to grow shine, which is our coaching, and to also do more things for my team, like a team retreat and really kind of invest more in team culture and growing the business and really showing up more as the leader that I want to be and that I aspire to be. So doubling our revenue is a huge, huge pie in the sky goal. And we're going to put some new things and kind of get some ducks in the road to not only keep expenses down, but to really make sure that we're adding more value to our community to get it there. And what I'm really excited about is growing our BizPro workshops. Now, this year we did two workshops, one in LA in April and then one in Nashville in November. And I loved these workshops. They weren't really meant to be a revenue driver for the business as much as they were meant to just be a connection driver for the business. I love meeting you guys. I love working with you one-on-one and I love working with you in person when I get the chance to do it. So in 2020, we're actually going to be doing three Business Pro workshops. We're going to be doing one in New York, which I'm so excited about. Hallelujah. We are finally coming to the Big Apple. I know so many of you have asked, when are you coming to the Northeast Coast? We are coming. So that's going to be in April. And then we are doing an LA Biz Pro, I believe, the end of May. And then we're coming to Dallas, Texas in November. Finally getting down to the Big Texas. Big city, big hair. Let's do it. I am so excited to be expanding our BizPro workshops. Something else that we did new this year that Colin Boyd also helped me with with my workshops that I mentioned earlier was that we now allow 
our attendees to bring either their spouse or their business partner for free. So the ticket to join BizPro is $1,500, but you can bring a spouse and a business partner for free. We did that for our Nashville one, and it was really, really cool to see so many people bring their significant others or their business partner to really show up and hold space and support. So we're really excited about New York, LA, and Dallas this year. I cannot wait to meet more of you and to meet your plus one when you bring them. And another big goal for me personally is to go easy on myself with my home renovation. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to happen overnight. I just got to take it one day at a time. All right, guys, on to the numbers. So in 2019, we saw a quarter of a million more in gross revenue, which was amazing. We had a 30% profit margin this year which was a great bump from last year. I think our profit margin was about 25%. So we had a 5% increase in that. Now my goal for next year is a 40% profit margin. So a 10% increase. We have some plans in place to kind of get us there, um, which I'll be sharing more about this year. We did over $1 million in education. So selling our programs and products. We did about $30,000 in workshops. We made... $10,000 in podcast ads, which I'm going to be diving more into in next week's Influencer Insights episode. And then something that I wanted to dive into a little bit more because I think this will be really helpful for you guys. We did $48,000 in what is called an order bump. So stick with me because, again, if you sell a product or service, you could implement this into your business literally today by really not doing anything and make a lot of money. So an order bump basically allows customers to add another product to their order, to their cart, before they complete their purchase. So no matter what software you use, if you sell a product or service, you obviously have a checkout page, right? You have a quote-unquote cart. You can add an order bump on there that allows those customers to add another product or service that you sell to complete their purchase. So we started doing this in 2019, On all of our checkout pages that we have, we have the option for someone to to add another product that we sell for a certain price. Now, we toyed around with the prices of this product over the year. We had it at $47, we had it at $67, and we had it at $97. Our product is called Grow Your Social Media. It's basically like a mini course on how to grow your social media. It's an audio, there's a PDF. It's pretty bomb, and you can get through it in like 45 minutes. So we did like a 90-day test of it being $47 and then 90 days of 67 and then 90 days of 97. And what we found, for whatever reason, is that $67 price ended up being the best number for us in terms of conversions. So with all of that said, by just allowing customers to add this other product to their order, if they chose to or not, we were able to make an additional $48,000 in income by doing essentially nothing other than adding that order bump to our customer checkout page. So again, guys, if you have a checkout page, Google the order bump, figure everything out about it, create a product or service that you could use as an order bump. It doesn't have to be $67. Heck, it could be $15. It could be $25. It could be $100. Figure out what the value is for the product that you're creating, for the order bump that you're creating, make sure that that order bump, that that product complements the product that you're essentially selling them, right? You want them to complement each other and see what that can do for you. That was a huge success for us, guys, to be able to make that and not have to launch anything, not have to spend a lot of hours or pay a lot of money to contractors or spend a lot of time was a huge win. And that is a easy, easy little hack that each and every one of you who have a product and service, who have a checkout page could add to that. So if you take this little hint, I want to know how it works for you. If you create an order bump, let it run for 90, 90 days, tweak it. If it's not really working for you, maybe change the price, maybe add the value, maybe change the description of what it is that you're selling. Do what you have to do to make sure that the audience sees the value in that order bump and let it bump on for you in 2020 and see what kind of additional income it can make you. All right, guys, here we are to the end of all of that. I hope you liked this year in review. I know it was a lot. We went a little over an hour, which we don't normally do on this podcast, but I just wanted to make sure that I got really raw, I got really detailed, and I shared as much as I could 
to really help you and to give you some experience, strength, and hope in your business and life in 2020. Now, as we wrap up again, I just want to remind you about coaching. If you've ever wanted to be coached by me, if you want to learn more about Shine, another great thing about Shine is that we're going to be giving monthly video access into kind of behind the scenes look into my business. So if you like today's episode, and if you want me to dive more into this about why we did certain things, why certain things didn't work, why we price certain things at certain ways, all of that good stuff, you're going to get access to that each and every month in Shine. You're going to get a video access and each month is going to have something different. We're going to be detailing more stuff, getting kind of more in line with what is it that you want to know about the inner workings of my business and life that are actually going to help you maybe inspire you or maybe kind of give you some insight or some information that you need to kind of change some things in your business. So I gave you a lot today. If you want more, you want to hear more, go to juliesolomon.net slash shine waitlist to get access to all of that good stuff. And I will see you next week for a very, very special episode. All right, that is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at the Influencer Podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right, I will see you again, same time, same place next week.